Hello, you're listening to Search for Truth. Thanks for tuning in. This is John Martin introducing Brian Johnston, our Search for Truth Bible teacher, with program nine in our series called Tomorrow's Headlines. I hope you're enjoying the series and finding it interesting. Today, Brian is looking at the predictions in the Bible concerning Babylon and conflict with Iraq. Before Brian speaks to us, let's hear a hymn from our singers, which tells of someone who will come and bid tumults, wars, and conflicts cease. It's the hymn Jesus Shall Reign. The Bible indicates that some future war on Iraq will be decisive. The city of Babylon is singled out for destruction. For that to happen, it must first of all exist, which means that the current rebuilding programme there, despite whatever setbacks occur, seems destined to be a tremendous success. We say that based on the space devoted to Babylon as far as the Bible's scheme of future events goes. That, of course, begs the question as to whether this has to be understood in terms of a literal city 50 miles south of Baghdad in modern Iraq. But it's hard not to come to that conclusion, I suggest, when we weigh all the biblical evidence. Major predictions in both the Old and New Testaments converge on Babylon. But in all that we say today, let me again make it clear that we need to allow for more than one way of seeing how these detailed prophecies will eventually be fulfilled. Whatever else is included in this end-time Babylon, God does identify it as a city in Revelation chapter 17, 
a city described more fully in the following chapter, but always in the same terms. God also calls it a mystery to make clear that he'd not revealed this truth about Babylon before. The mystery, as now revealed to the Apostle John, seems to be this indication of Babylon's rise to prominence at the time of the end. However, the Bible's predictions really major on the fall of Babylon. Its sudden demise has a massive impact on world trade. And the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her, we read, because no one buys their cargoes anymore. Prior to her downfall, Babylon is described as having become a major commercial centre, albeit one that's repeatedly said to be morally corrupt. Mention of the immorality of the Babylon of Revelation is usually thought to portray its totally false religious character, a dimension of things which historically has been very significant. Old Testament prophecies by Zechariah, Isaiah and Jeremiah all predicted that Babylon would be restored as a major power in God's future programme. Zechariah tells us how in his own words, The angel who was speaking to me came forward and said to me, Look up and see what this is that is appearing. I asked, What is it? He replied, It is a measuring basket. And he added, This is the iniquity of the people throughout the land. Then the cover of lead was raised, and there in the basket sat a woman. He said, This is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and pushed the lead cover down over its mouth. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel who was speaking to me. He replied, To the country of Babylonia to build a house for it. When it is ready, the basket will be set there in its place. Again, it's the symbolism of a woman that's used to represent Babylon, same as in Revelation. And again, it's described as wicked, with the measuring basket probably indicating its role as a trade centre. But as we said, even the Old Testament prophets spent more time foretelling the fall of Babylon. Isaiah wrote, And Babylon, the beauty of kingdoms, the glory of the Chaldeans' pride, will be as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, It will never be inhabited or lived in from generation to generation, nor will the Arab pitch his tent there, nor will shepherds make their flocks lie down there, but desert creatures will lie down there, and their houses will be full of owls. Hyenas will howl in their fortified towers and jackals in their luxurious palaces. Her fateful time also will soon come, and her days will not be prolonged. When the Lord will have compassion on Jacob and again choose Israel, and settle them in their own land. Interesting that Isaiah wrote of the fall of Babylon just prior to giving his prediction of Israel's restoration at the time of the end. And the prophet Jeremiah's words are like an echo of Isaiah's. He writes, As when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah with its neighbours, declares the Lord, No man will live there, nor will any son of man reside in it. Behold, a people is coming from the north, and a great nation, and many kings will be aroused from the remotest parts of the earth. Hear the plan of the Lord, which he has planned against Babylon. At the shout, Babylon has been seized, the earth is shaken. I shall dispatch foreigners to Babylon, that they may devastate her land. Flee from the midst of Babylon, and each of you save his life. Do not be destroyed in her punishment, for this is the Lord's time of vengeance. He is going to render recompense to her. 
Babylon has been a golden cup in the hand of the Lord, intoxicating all the earth. The nations have drunk of her wine, therefore the nations are going mad. Suddenly, Babylon has fallen and been broken. Wail over her. So much of that ties in so closely with the account of Babylon's fall in the book of Revelation. So much so that it's difficult to avoid the conclusion that they all point to the same real future event. All the more so because the fall of ancient Babylon was a gradual one. The city of Babylon rebelled in the days of the Persian Empire and it's said that Alexander the Great died there. That's why we believe the dramatic end which the Bible predicts for Babylon is still to come. Perhaps Daniel also gave a hint of Babylon's fate, although without naming names. But when speaking of the coming world dictator, who will be at the helm of Europe, he said, At the end time, the king of the south will collide with him. He will also enter the beautiful land, and many countries will fall, but these will be rescued out of his hand. Edom, Moab, and the foremost of the sons of Ammon. The land of Egypt will not escape. But rumours from the east and from the north will disturb him, and he will go forth with great wrath to destroy and annihilate many. That was from Daniel chapter 11, and Daniel began by indicating that Europe won't have it all its own way. From the south, that south of Israel, trouble will arise. Egypt is named as being on the receiving end. Then probably about the same time, the European world leader will make a forcible entry into Israel, described by Daniel here as the beautiful land. He'll already have torn up the peace deal he'd signed, which for a while had favoured Israel. And yet it seems the land of Jordan is to be spared from this dictator's clutches. But then Daniel goes on to speak about rumours from the east and north. Now, I'm just wondering if these rumours which disturbed the European world leader might have anything to do with Babylon. Babylon is certainly east and north of the last mentioned area. Could these rumours be the trigger for him to go and finally destroy it and so to be rid of its control over him? At that point, it seems the world's heading for Armageddon. Nearly everyone's heard of Armageddon. Its Bible mention in the book of Revelation comes just before the section which tells us about Babylon's destruction. So there could be a connection. The Bible doesn't actually speak of a single last battle being fought at Armageddon, but the evidence points to it being a rallying point for a series of battles in the time of the end. Let's remind ourselves of what the Bible does say. And the sixth angel poured out his bowl upon the great river, the Euphrates, and its water was dried up, that the way might be prepared for the kings from the east. And I saw coming out of the mouth of the dragon, and out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet, three unclean spirits like frogs. For they are spirits of demons performing signs, which go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them together for the war of the great day of God the Almighty. And they gathered them together to the place which in Hebrew is called Harmageddon. And the seventh angel poured out his bowl upon the air, And a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. And the great city was split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. And Babylon the great was remembered before God, to give her the cup of the wine of his fierce wrath. Armageddon, it seems, is a gathering point for this international task force from the east. In one view, 
they gather to prepare an attack against the Antichrist in his own adopted power base in Babylon. But perhaps there's no compelling evidence to suggest they gather as enemies. They could, in fact, be gathering as allies of Europe's leader. In this alternative view, after he's destroyed Egypt and invaded Israel, perhaps these eastern allies join forces with him against an oil-rich Babylon. Whichever way, the fall of Babylon is mentioned straight after we read of the gathering of this task force from the east. Of course, there's never any guarantee in Bible prophecies that events mentioned together actually follow closely in time sequence. But the main point is that this destruction of Babylon is effectively God's judgment against it. Thanks, Brian. Whatever the conflicts and changes in world domination by different powers may be, and it seems likely that there will be more as the years progress, the Christian has a sure hope that Jesus one day will rule over all the earth and all peoples will submit to his authority. Isaac Watts' lovely hymn reminds us that Jesus shall reign where'er the sun does his successive journeys run, his kingdom stretch from shore to shore. We'll enjoy hearing some of it in a moment. Meanwhile, if you wish to contact Brian about anything you've heard today or in the current series, the address to write is Search for Truth, Box 246, Bolton, England. If you'd like a free booklet which covers all 12 programmes, just ask for the title Tomorrow's Headlines and send to the same address, Search for Truth, Box 246, Bolton, England. Listeners in Australia should write to Search for Truth, Box 748, Ringwood, Victoria 3134. You can also use email. The address is sft at churchesofgod.info Or visit our website at www.searchfortruth.net Thanks once again for the privilege of your company. I do hope you can join us at the same time next week. And until then, this is John Martin saying goodbye and God bless.